0: Welcome to the Foodie with a Life podcast. My name is Christina Conrad. This podcast is all about prioritizing your quality of life. It's about grinding less so that you can be more present and grounded. It's about fueling your body to truly feel nurtured, which means taking care of yourself, tuning into mindfulness, eating real food, and doing activities that give you energy and joy. It's about surrounding yourself with people who make you feel like the best version of you. And above all else, taking a little time to rest. Together, we're thoughtfully doing less and feeling better. Welcome to the tribe. I'm really glad you're here. Hey there. If you are loving the show, please make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you always know when new episodes are dropped. You can rate, comment, and share the show with your people, which is a huge help to get the Foodie with a Life podcast to more ears and healthy inspired meals to more tables. I really appreciate you being here. Without further delay, let's get into today's show. Hello, hello. We're back. Season two of the Foodie with a Life podcast. Very excited to be here. So I took a little rest just to give you an idea of like, Hey, where the heck have you been (laughs) for, I don't know, four or five months. Yeah. I took a little rest also, uh, got pregnant and the first uh, four and a half months, uh, has been just challenging. I just have felt pretty terrible, uh, just nauseous and exhausted and, yeah. So just kind of said like, you know, maybe this is just a time when I need to do the like bare minimum to keep our life afloat, which is, you know, handle as much like house stuff as is required. And then, you know, take care of our daughter and just make sure that like our life doesn't (laughs) come to an absolute standstill. Uh, we were maybe a little bit close to that, but, uh, feeling better. And so can actually think about food again. Um, been on a pretty strict pasta only diet (laughs) for, for a really nice long time. And it has felt great, but also I'm missing vegetables and vegetables are coming back and it's spring and I needed to just feel inspired again. And so this episode is our dinner on the table episode for April. And I picked up two cookbooks that I'm going to chat with you about, and I hope that they inspire you too. I definitely have been feeling inspired by them. So let's talk about the first one. If you're not familiar with Hetty McKinnon, she is brilliant. She's from Australia, and her whole thing is basically uh, plant-based recipes. A lot of it is salads, like hearty, hearty salads. Her style is fresh seasonal foods, has some type of nice sauce, but it is like a whole meal. A lot of times you don't feel like lack thereof when it comes to like meat or something like that. So it's definitely the kind of thing where it's a like a hearty side dish or, you know, kind of like a light main dish. The first recipe I'll talk about that's from her cookbook called Neighborhood. It's hearty salads and plant-based recipes from home and abroad. So the first recipe I'm going to, I just like dog-eared, is a basil olive tapenade with potatoes, pasta, green beans, and capers. I'm going to try this this week, and instead of green beans, I'm going to do asparagus because it just came out. Uh, I have to say, we have so many potatoes. (laughs) I am a medium potato lover anyways. I signed up for this winter CSA before I got pregnant, and... Then I got pregnant and super nauseous and I could eat pretty much nothing. And so when I could like even kind of think about food, I would like make a big pot of whatever vegetables we have, like a big soup and then, and then couldn't eat it. And so my husband would come home and he'd be like, Oh, cool. Like, what are we doing for dinner? And, uh, and I'd be like, well, I, um, I, need you to make me some pasta because i can't look at food um i did make you a parsnip and potato soup and you can have that and he's like oh yay (laughs) this is not what i want so my uh freezer is stocked with vegetable soups and i still have so many potatoes that need to go somewhere so this recipe looked interesting. And this is actually kind of an Italian thing where they'll do pasta and potatoes, which uh, in America seems kind of like starch on starch, but other countries do it in a really like interesting way. And this looked delicious. So the thing I love about her recipes is that they pretty much all of them have a beautiful photo to go with them, so you get the visual. And a lot of them are pretty simple. So like, this, you would make the basil olive tapenade and it's just garlic, basil, um, pitted black olives, like, you know, high quality ones, walnuts, extra virgin olive oil, a little bit of white wine vinegar, salt and pepper. It's like, okay, that's easy enough. And then she gives different kinds of substitutes. So instead of the potatoes, you could do sweet potatoes or Jerusalem artichokes, which actually I also have in my refrigerator, uh, which I love, but oh man, they are they make you so gassy. (laughs) I don't know how else to say that. They're so delicious, but they just tear your stomach up. So this recipe I thought sounded great. This would be like a great lunch. You would do this warm. She also talks about this being like such a beautiful option for a picnic because it kind of marries like a potato salad and a pasta salad. Um, And because the tapenade is so flavorful, it's like, you make the top and on, then you mix it all together. So it has this like beautiful kind of sauce to it. So that's the first one. The other recipe I thought looked great. I don't know. I have four or five here is a a roasted chestnut with pan fried pears, blue cheese, Belgian endive and mustard vinaigrette. That sounds a very fancy, but it's again, pretty simple. Uh, this I would say is probably going to be more of like a dinner side dish or, uh, again, a light lunch. The whole thing about spring is that foods start to come into season that don't need so much work. You're kind of like in that in-between space, especially in April where, you know, you might still have like potatoes and pears and apples and all those things. They're like those kind of hearty wintry things but you're also getting into asparagus and herbs and endive. So it's just like some of these recipes were just kind of a beautiful marriage of, of that time of year. I probably wouldn't do chestnuts just because they're kind of hard to find, but you know I might substitute it with something else or I might just straight up leave them out. I think it would probably be fine. Another idea, this one actually reminded me of being in France. So it's a warm goat cheese crouton with roasted beets, figs, and an apple mustard dressing. So when we went to Paris, I remember I would order this goat cheese salad for lunch. And this certain goat cheese, gosh, I don't know the name of it, but it's almost like a brie and a goat cheese. So it has that bloom rind to the outside. And then on the inside, it kind of has crumbly goat cheese paste that's like pretty particular to goat cheese and then it also has kind of a ring within it that is kind of a brie consistency so and they do it warm so they would do whatever they made for the salad and then they would kind of broil these little goat cheese rounds and then they would come on the salad and you would like cut it up a little bit and eat a bite with your greens so lovely so this one looks great she does a roasted beet and I have to say I've made roasted beets a million different ways, and not to be biased, but but I think my method is the best. I'll leave a um, a link to the recipe I have on my website for my uh, roasted beets. But essentially, what you do is peel them with a vegetable peeler, put them in a roasting pan, put some type of vinegar, apple cider, white wine vinegar, um, like a inexpensive, very acidic balsamic vinegar, and some olive oil, a little bit of, you can do some salt, uh, you can do garlic if you want, you can do dried basil if you want, and then mix it all up and cover it with foil and then bake it in the oven for about 40 minutes, depending on how big you cut the beets. And it kind of, it it like steams them and it makes them so they're not dried out. Uh, It's also like a faster, I think it's a pretty fast way to cook them and the flavor and the vinegar just infuses into the beets. You kind of have like this light pickled beet that um, is very flavorful, but you still have that kind of that earthy beetiness to it. But I'll leave that recipe on the episode notes. So in this, she does, again, it's a really a pretty simple ingredient list. So the salad, like main salad would be beets olive oil, a goat cheese log with a rind on. So similar to what I was talking about with, I saw in France and you can find that kind of cheese in um, nicer grocery stores. So probably if you shop at QFC, like Murray's cheese shop would probably have something like that or whole foods would have something like that. PCC. Uh, she has thyme, rosemary, she does watercress, but you can also substitute, Uh, baby spinach or arugula instead of the watercress. She uses matcha, lamb's lettuce. And instead of that, she says, um, again, you could do spinach. Um, If you don't have figs, I'm sure you could do um, some pear would probably be great. Kind of whatever is in season where you are. Um, She does walnuts and then salt and pepper. So not too crazy. And then she makes the apple mustard dressing, which is just Apple cider vinegar, olive oil, honey, Dijon mustard, cider vinegar, garlic, salt, and pepper. My guess is you probably have, I don't know, all of those pantry ingredients. (laughs) And then probably at least some of the salad ingredients. And her salad served four to six. I've made one of her salads so far and it very much served probably closer to six. Okay, this one I thought sounded good and this one was kind of a overrun from winter to spring. So cumin roasted sweet potato with Harissa chickpeas and spinach, and you toss the spinach in at the end so the spinach is not wilted. It still has that salad consistency to it. And that's the kind of thing that you could even make the sauce like if you're meal prepping or you know you think this sounds interesting, but you just don't you know, don't kind of like don't get that far. You could always make the sauce and freeze it or keep it in your fridge for a couple of days. And then go back, you know, and make the rest of the salad. Okay. And then this recipe is something I'm in the process of making actually like right now. Perfect example of not having a ton of time to do everything at once. And so I kind of took it apart. So it's char-grilled eggplant and lentils with arugula, herb tahini, and pomegranate. I could not find pomegranate at the grocery store. It has a very short season. I'm probably just going to do some dried cherries or... I might just leave them out and do just a drizzle of a pomegranate molasses if you don't have time or energy. And so in the herb tahini in this one, she uses flat leaf parsley, mint, one long green chili de-seeded, a garlic clove, tahini paste, the juice of half a lemon, honey, olive oil, and salt and pepper. So pretty much most of that I had in my pantry anyways. And then it's nice because she gives options for vegans. She gives options to make things gluten-free or ideas to sub out different ingredients, depending on what you have. So that way you don't feel just like completely tied to a recipe. Hopefully that is getting your brain going, huh, okay, what do I have in the fridge? Or what does sound interesting? So again, this is the cookbook called Neighborhood by Hetty McKinnon. I'll leave a link to this cookbook on the episode notes. I wanted to leave you with one last idea. I picked up another cookbook at the library. There's a there's an episode I did last season where I talked about how to get out of a cooking rut and one of the things I recommend is going to the library and just shopping their cookbook section. You might be totally like, pleasantly surprised how many cookbooks they have and can order you. And then you can just make a couple things out of it and see if it's a fit. A lot of times I'll pick up a cookbook and think, oh yes, I'm going to make a million things out of here. And then I make one or two and I'm like, "Uh, this was actually kind of hard or it didn't really resonate or whatever. So I love going to the library and getting cookbooks because you can just test drive them. So I picked up Bon Appetit's cookbook, The Food Lover's Cleanse. So it's 140 delicious, nourishing recipes that will tempt you back into healthful eating. And in this, uh, she also gives a two-week plan for every season, which is pretty cool. This book is by Sarah Dickerman, and she does it by season, which is really nice, especially right now uh, when you're kind of going like, oh, okay, we're in spring I mean, Seattle's 39 degrees in raining, so they say we're in spring. (laughs) This at least gets you flowing in the ideas of like, okay, I'm eating seasonally. What's what's around? Um, So she has a section, and keep in mind, she's like, let's kind of cleanse, but in a way that still is like food forward. So she has these great spring dessert suggestions. They're all basically fruit. And the two I wanted to call out, one was a pineapple with Aleppo pepper and spiced pumpkin seed cashew crunch. And then she gives the recipe to make that little cashew crunch situation. Um, Actually, I'm going to call out three. The next one is a papaya, just fresh papaya with toasted coconut, lime, and Maldon sea salt. That sounds pretty great and then the third one is strawberries with lime zest and honey super simple just basically fruit kind of dressed up so it doesn't you know so it's not boring but it also would probably take you two minutes to do and be very satisfying because it has all these interesting elements to it like some have a crunch some have a sweet and sour component some have a sweet and salty component it's just kind of a nice way to satisfy a sweet tooth without, you know, sugar, flour, butter, all those things. So those are my ideas for April. And then I am going to share a recipe that I actually found on the kitchen. And it is not to blow your mind, but roasted radishes. So let me just give you a little, a little something about radishes. So at our house, I like radishes. They're pungent and crunchy, crunchy. I can't eat a lot of them for myself, but they're like, they're very astringent, kind of palate cleansing. I would typically eat them raw on salads or tacos and that kind of thing. My dear husband calls them dirt apples. Thank you very much, Uh, which he has taught to our daughter. I wanted to kill him. So needless to say, he's not, not a radish fan. So the kitchen has a recipe. It's very simple. You cook them in a really hot oven with a little bit of olive oil. You cut them, you know, so they have like this nice sliced side that gets all brown. And then after you're done roasting them, you you can take a garlic clove, fresh garlic clove and grate it over the top with a microplane and then just toss it all together with a little olive oil and salt. They are mild and a little bit crunchy and still kind of retain that water. So they still feel kind of refreshing. They're delicious. And my husband and daughter gobbled them up. So coming from a place of like, we call these dirt apples to gobbling up radishes was a massive win. (laughs) So I will leave the recipe link also in the episode notes. And then I'm going to uh, send a link out to that recipe from my newsletter. So if you're not already on my newsletter, would love for you to join. You can join on foodiewithalife.com and you can sign up there. Um, I also do a seasonal recipe bundle. You can sign up for that too. You can sign up for just a season if you want to test it out. The spring uh, seasonal recipe bundle is out now. And it's basically uh, six recipes that are easy and healthy and help you get inspired for the spring. we're going to end today's episode, as we always do, with a few moments in mindfulness. If you can, drop the eyes closed, take an inhale through the nose, and then fully exhale through the mouth, emptying out a breath. Take another inhale through the nose, try to find a little bit more length to the breath, and then exhale through the mouth, Again, more length through the exhale. And one more, inhale, lengthening that breath. And then exhale, emptying out. Tuck the chin slightly and drop the right ear over towards the right, finding length along the left side of the neck bring the shoulder blades back and down, finding space between the right ear and the right shoulder. Bring the chin down towards the chest, just rolling the face and the head forward. Again, another nice, long, deep breath. And then bring the left ear towards the left, finding a nice rotation to the neck. Here, the shoulder blades come back and down maybe just a millimeter further. And then if it feels okay for the neck, bring the head back so you open up the front of the throat. This might bring up a little cough or kind of a catch in the breath, totally normal. If you can, take a big inhale through the nose and exhale here through the mouth. Take one more inhale, and then as you exhale, bring it into more of a sigh, like, ah. Bring the head all the way around, right ear finds the right shoulder, and bring the head up towards center. As the head lifts, see if you can bring the crown of the head directly over the heart so that it feels that the head is just precariously balancing on the neck. No effort. The chin might tuck slightly. The Back of the neck might lengthen. You might feel more space to the sides of the neck and the throat. Another inhale here. And one more exhale. As you're ready, blink the eyes open if they were closed and take one final cleansing breath. All right, and have a great day. Thank you so much for being with me today i hope our conversation allows you to take back a bit of your time so you can have more space more breathing room more energy have a great day